Well, hello, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. On t- uh, today's podcast, we have a special guest and a dear friend of mine, Andrew Cordell. And uh, probably for, for um, a good portion of my member, uh, member my uh, listeners know who Andrew is. But um, if you don't, this is kind of really a person I would strongly encourage you to follow. Uh, I've known Andrew for a number of years. Uh, he's kind of a serial entrepreneur, uh, kind of just sitting here in preparation for this podcast, just kind of thinking of all the different types of business he's been involved in. So he's not uh, like some entrepreneurs that kind of, they have one thing that they can do and, and that's about it. Andrew is kind of a, a master of a lot of things. Um, at least uh, I know, uh, maybe not a master in a lot of things. I know you tried a lot of things. Uh, you've mastered a few of those, I know. <laughs> Others, uh, yeah. maybe not as much. Um, yeah. But uh, but he's uh, really kind of dabbled everything from I know tech and collectibles to to real estate and kind of a, a many different things in between. Uh, but uh, Andrew, kind of at the end of the podcast, maybe kind of gives you a little bit where you want people to go to, to follow you. Okay. Uh, I know you've uh, you're an author. You have the Money Is podcast, uh, probably a, a podcast I would encourage any business owner to listen to. I had the opportunity to to be on it here a few months ago, and uh, I don't know how many of those you have out, but. Uh, listen to most of them and just powerful, um, just just conversations with entrepreneurs. I know many of them, you know, seven, eight, nine figure business owners. Uh, these aren't people who are just kind of kicking the tires trying to figure out business. These are people who've been doing it, doing it for a long time and doing it well. And he has the opportunity to bring them on and always just a ton of uh, knowledge that uh, that's given a ton of value in those particular podcasts. So I would encourage you to go there as well. So Andrew, kind of if we hop into this, I I kind of think about, um, you know, most businesses, they kind of uh, fail in the, in the first five years. And you kind of hear these statistics, uh, 80 to 90 percent fail. And I kind of think about uh, usually we kind of take a look over 10 years when most most of the time the economy kind of goes through these cycles. We go through these business cycles and, and it's well up into the upper 90s of businesses fail. You had the opportunity to have interviewed and work with. I mean, I've, I've actually gone on site with you to uh, to different businesses and very successful businesses. And I've also, uh, you know, we've had uh, uh, mutual people that we've known that their businesses have failed. And yep. when you kind of take a look and you you analyze, these are the reasons why businesses succeed versus these are the reasons why a business uh, fails. Can you kind of maybe think of maybe one, two, three things that you uh, that you kind of generally run across that that you know these these are the reasons a business or a business owner succeeds versus maybe these are the mistakes that a business owner when they get into it makes that ultimately leads to their demise. Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is two two points there, um, and then we can be go a little bit deeper as well. But one point that comes to mind is I think that you got to like in everything in life, there's context around it. And I think that I always classify entrepreneurs as like kind of two different buckets. There's one bucket of entrepreneurs that are born entrepreneurs. Uh, they cannot not be an entrepreneur. They, they, everything in their body is, I have to go uh, do stuff. And, 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 and I'm in that boat in this, in this definition. And, and there's that like serial entrepreneur side of starting new things. There's that side of entrepreneurship. And then there's a side of entrepreneurship that I would say they're classified as entrepreneurs, but they're more of an operator that um, a heavily driven operator that finds a great product or service. And because of their operational uh, background and they have some good visionary uh, inside of them as well, they're able to take a product or a business or a service and really grow and scale that thing to massive levels. When you talk about failing a lot, right? Of business that fails out of the beginning, those first five or 10 years, I think in context, you got to look at it. I think a lot of times those are failing because they're the serial entrepreneurs, and that serial entrepreneur is not truly actually in love 
with what they're doing. They're doing it because they're trying to put a bandaid over something, fix something. Uh, what I refer to now is they're looking for the door handle uh, to success. And they're just trying different things to try to figure out as this, as their birth is serial entrepreneur, who am I? Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing right now? And sometimes people classify it as shiny object syndrome. And you definitely for sure can have that. But I think as you get more dialed in, it's just you're trying to really figure out what is it you want to go do and build and, and create over here that's fun, exciting, and, and unique to you. And, and there's downsides to it. There's been times that I've, I've uh, owned a company, Josh, uh, out in Indiana, where I was flipping a ton of houses with a bunch of guys, and I kind of just got tired of it. And short story, I, I just kind of just walked away from it and closed the doors just because I was kind of burnt out and didn't want to do it anymore. And most people look at it like, my God, you're flipping like a hundred houses a year. It must be great. And I was just miserable because my entrepreneurial side was no longer in, in attached with it. And so I think in context, there are businesses that fail because it's the entrepreneurs that are actually looking to identify themselves and find out what they want to do. Because I think it skews that number some uh, when we actually talk about nine out of 10 businesses fail. Some of them are always going to fail because that entrepreneur was just trying something and didn't, they didn't really have full on heart inside of it, but they were playing with something. Then if you go into more of a little bit more of a tactical approach to it, I think probably the biggest reason, and I'm going to use myself as an example here, Josh, as to why I have had companies in the past fail is because I wasn't, I wasn't playing in the right role of, of what I was supposed to be playing in. You know, we all have different talents and you have talents and I have talents. And I think these talents are, are God-given talents. And uh, these are our strengths. These are our genius. These are our gifts. And when we, most of the time, if I look back and say, why did I feel like this or this or that in a business? It was because I was outside of my realm and I was trying to do something that I wasn't, I had no talent doing. And because I'm now the person that's responsible for this thing, that uh, this, let's say this division that is not my strength, that is not my forte, that is not my gift. Um, and, and that has to become successful for me to become the company to be successful. What's the, it's the recipe for disaster. And you got to get that right person in the right place for you to really find that, make that company go and grow. And until you do that, uh, you, you basically have low end talent in a highly um, powerful position of whatever that position is at the time. Um, and then you, but you have someone with no, low talent being the owner, the entrepreneur trying to do it. It's a recipe for disaster. Uh, you got to play into those strengths that you have and, and know who you are and, and go do that. That's where you'll find that success at. A lot of business owners uh, just kind of maybe take this a uh, step deeper, as, as you like to say, maybe taking the next step. So sure. a business owner, they're, they're, they have this idea or they have this passion. They have yep. something that they want to do. And uh, sometimes uh, I know for myself, we, it took me a long time to kind of get out of my own way in my business. I, I kind of created my own lid of growth. Um, I could only grow to a certain point and, and I didn't realize that. I thought I could sit in every seat. I could do everything. I thought I could do everything well. Uh, I think they call it ego, but um, <laughs> you know, I kind of, I kind of thought that, you know, I could, I could do it all. And I mean, and a lot of entrepreneurs that I know when they first yeah. getting into this, it's kind of like that. They kind of have that same mindset. You know, they're, yeah. they can do it all. I can, I'm going to, I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to turn this into a, you know, a whatever size business. Um, well, when a business owner and, and there's, so you have that kind of at the beginning st uh, state and you kind of go through these phases of business. And I, I see the same thing sometimes happen when a business uh, is transitioning kind of from that profit stage uh, to mm -hmm. the, uh, to the scaling phase. And mm -hmm. so you kind of end up seeing the, the same type of process. 
So if you're you're looking at a, a business owner, and maybe there is two different answers, maybe it's, it's the, yeah. uh, the a similar type of an answer, but a business owner that says, okay, I have this idea or I have this something I think I'm good at or something that I want to do and I want to turn this into a business uh, mm-hmm. or a business owner that is going from the point of scaling, uh, what sort of, and I'm, I'm looking, I think maybe more for mindset, but how should they, what steps should they take to kind of evaluate uh, and as far as whether or not that this is the best approach or the best idea for me, whether to either, either get into this business uh, or to or, or to, to, to scale the business. So make sure I answer this right way. You're saying that the business is currently in phase three, which we we call the profit, the profit phase, phase with, right. with Eddie. And they're going in, they want to get into phase four, which is that scaling expansion phase is where they're headed with it. And the question is, what are some of the things that you could ask yourself as an entrepreneur business owner to make sure that you should go into this expansion and scaling phase? Right. Should I, and am I, am I prepared for this? What, where, what, where does my mindset need to be in order for me to be able to, uh, to move forward? I think it's a great question. I think it's a lot of questions entrepreneurs miss out on um, is, is the first part is, should I even scale this? Just because you have a business and just because you're doing something and just because uh, you, you're making in the profit phase some money inside of it does not mean that you should now go scale that concept. Um, to me, when I look at scaling a concept, one question that I always try to ask myself of, of not whether of the first part of it, of should I do this, is um, can I, is this a sellable um, process? Meaning, is this a sellable item that I'm going to go scale? Because if I'm just going to go take something and scale it, um, and make cash flow off of it. That's one of the areas you could do, but there's a much better area that you could scale it and then sell it at the back end. And so for me, as we go through businesses, we always look at, is this a sellable business or is this business really just a, uh, we can build it to a certain point, make cash flow off of it, but no one's really going to buy it because either I am too involved and you can't really like, maybe I'm the talent or whatever it is and you can't replace me. And so it's not really a sellable business, right? So I think that's a great question to ask yourself of even if you should scale, it would be, can you sell it? I would rather scale something that I can sell versus scale something just because, and then not be able to sell it, right? Because there's a much bigger play on the sell side. If you go into the uh, questions of should you, I mean, are, are you the person that should scale it? Um, you know, there's two main pieces, two main pieces there that go through my head is, is are, you the, are you the visionary? And do you have a true vision of where you can take this thing? And if you are the visionary, who is your operator that's actually going to go do it for you? Um, I, I think I think it's where entrepreneurs, again, I'm going to talk about that first bucket of entrepreneurs that are serial entrepreneurs struggle the most at is when they try to go scale something, um, they fall in the role of, uh, of them trying to go scale it and build it. And I, I would tell you that I'm absolutely horrible at that process. I try to focus on, um, do I have a true vision? Like, do I, do I wake up and, and, consume this idea that's in my head? Or is it just a passing phase that I'm making money with right now? Um, Josh, you know, in the last 20 years, there's certain times I've done a business, but it was just a, a thing. It was just a passing phase that I had to go do, or maybe I was dabbling with something. And there's other things that I've done and said, hey, let me see if I go scale this thing to a massive level. Um, so to me, it's a matter of, um, can I sell this? If I want to scale it, can I sell it? And number two, Am I the true visionary? And if I am a true visionary and I have a true vision for it, who is that operator that can freaking go put this thing together? Because it won't be you. Again, this is where your talent kind of runs out at, honestly, not knowing yourself. Uh, what you were talking about, Josh, earlier is like, 
your talent of I can do all these just things is, is not true. And when you get around people that are hyper talented in operations or hyper talented in marketing or hyper talented in videography or CRMs, you quickly realize, wow, I sucked at that process. And these guys are really good. And it's why you can't scale it. Is it ideal um, to wear in a, in a business cycle? Uh, and I know this was, wasn't a question that I kind of had a, kind of had out there beforehand, but <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, where where in a business cycle is it ideal to bring somebody in or to maybe go and get help to make a determination on uh, on growing this business, making sure that I you know I'm putting the right people in the right place. Um, I'm like you, like myself. We've had businesses. We're, we're the solopreneur. We were kind of doing it yep. all, and then we kind of you know we go to that step of okay, we made that first hire. Uh, hopefully, it was a person that uh, you know was a strength that was, uh, you know, was our weakness. And I had that, you know, kind of, I'm an accountant, but, uh, um, but a little bit more of a visionary than I am an operator. Yep. And so I hired the, you know, the best operating person that I knew was kind of my first hire to in, in my line of work. And then, you know, from there, now I'm looking at, you know, a, a business and, you know, we've, we've uh, uh, tripled our workforce this year at the, at the firm level. And sometimes I sit in my office and I'm like, oh crap, where did all these people come from? <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was kind of one of those things that at, at some point, every business owner realizes, you know what, I need some help. And what is, you know, what is the best process? Uh, what is the best way of going about uh, getting that help? Is it you know, bringing somebody in to kind of help build out at some sort of a, an operating system? Is it, uh, is it going and getting involved in groups, uh, you know, mastermind, whatever the case may be? Uh, what, what does that, you know, what should that look like for a business owner that's kind of going through the point of, they've been a successful solopreneur. They're starting to bring people on and it's kind of like, all right, you know, I, I, I need to make sure that I'm, I, I'm, I'm where I need to be in the business. I'm getting people in the right place. And then, uh, and then set my business up to where I can get past the perseverance stage into the profitability stage. Yeah. Great question. Let's try to get as tactical as possible with it. Uh, with the answer here, I would say, uh, number one, it goes back to, you have to really clearly know your strengths, which we should start with at the beginning of you defining your strengths. Uh, number two, I would say that, um, especially like in the perseverance phase, because money's not always as um, um, available for you to spend on stuff, would be as much getting around other businesses uh, like yours and not like yours um, and getting around and, and becoming friends with those business owners. Not just, not I'm not talking about doing a deal with them or, or making a business transaction. I'm saying become an actual friend to that person um, and then trying to learn uh, with their business model uh, inside of your business model, where, do, where are those connecting pieces at that's making that you can kind of study for them and ask and where, where it's making them successful and help you determine what is, should be that first move that you should make without having to spend a, a ton of money right now. I would say try to uh, become friends, not business associates, but friends with other business owners after you get kind of through that perseverance phase and, and you're getting into the profit phase, I would say then it's to make sure two things. To me, it's about always about your network. network. And to, to me, when it comes to hiring that person, I want to be around a, a room of other like-minded uh, people that are doing uh, stuff in business, not necessarily just my business, but in business. And this is where masterminds, you go to a ton of them, Josh, I go to a ton of them. They have a lot, some have no value. Some have a lot of value, right? It's like anything else in life, but getting in those rooms kind of opens the door and you're allowed to ask in this like weird 
two, three day environment, ask questions to other CEOs or other business owners that you may not normally ask somebody, but it's why that room is there. And it kind of creates that natural learning um, inquiry, questionable uh, process that you can do. And then thirdly, I would say you got to hire a coach. Like, again, it goes back to when you hire a coach um, that is specifically driven to put you in a position and make you answer certain questions and make you um, come to some realizations in your life. Like right now, I do a lot of coaching with, um, or he coaches me, with, uh, with Larry Yatch. Uh, you know him, the Navy SEAL. And it's because when it comes to business and op operate and, and not operations, but in business in general, he has this ability to like corner me like a, a, a kind of like an attorney does. And as an entrepreneur, if you're quick on your feet, it's hard to have someone actually corner your ass and make you say certain things. And to me, I've had coaches before that just they were coaching from like a passive position almost and like throwing advice out. And for me, that never worked. I wanted a coach that wasn't afraid um, to back me into a corner and make me hurt and say, okay, yeah, that, that, that piece shouldn't be there. This thing shouldn't be, I got to make this change right now um, in my life. And so those are the three kind of things I would say, you know, if you're in the perseverance phase, find people you can befriend in business and try to uh, leverage it as much as you can to your, to your advantage. Once you're in the profit phase, and you're trying to expand, then it's a matter of getting in the right rooms because that's just a constant like B12 shot. Um, you know, when people come to these events or, or I go to events, uh, it's, I just refer to it as a B12 shot because you kind of get out of your environment. You get out of the, the mundane grind that, that makes you successful. You pop your head up for a little bit. And you're like, oh, God, there's all this cool stuff out there. Uh, and then hire that coach, but hire the coach that will back you into a corner and make you squeal, if you will. Hey, put that on pot. Put that on my Instagram. Hire a coach that will make you squeal, if you will. That's brilliant, Josh. <laughs> Talk about micro content. Uh, so breaking the stuff down there. There's a piece right there. Um, and I, um, and for, for those of you who are listening that don't know Andrew, um, I think uh, your, your greatest strength may be exactly on the one thing you mentioned there, and that was in regards to connecting people. Uh, I, I, from knowing you personally, you put me into, into, into contact with people and some of them within your, within your, I guess, I don't know if you call it power room a mastermind or not, but uh, in that particular room that I will have the opportunity to meet this next week. Um, that has been absolutely unbelievable, not just uh, in regards to business, but so many of them, uh, we have conversations, uh, not just about business, we're looking to do a deal, but really just kind of on life as well. And, yeah. uh, and you've made a lot of those connections. And I, I see you do it all the time. And I hear it all the time from from others, how you just, just connect people and, uh, and kind of that old um, uh, Zig Ziglar line. And I think you live by it is uh, you help enough people get what they want, you get what you want. And mm -hmm. uh, you, yeah. you've really kind of mastered not just the networking, but becoming friends with uh, with other business owners. And I see you, you know, on uh, on various social networks doing all kinds of crazy fun things. And I think that that's awesome. And then uh, in regards to uh, you know hiring a coach, um, it's something that I did about a year ago. I was starting to struggle yeah. in certain areas, um, not just in uh, in business, but also in life. And um, you know, I'm really trying to find someone because a lot of coaches you uh, you talked about uh, to me, I always want to call them they're like a cheerleader. You know, hey, yeah. you can do this, you know, that type of thing. Uh, you re reach a certain level in business, you don't need that. It's kind of like, yeah. I need somebody to call me on my, and I'm not going to say it on, on this podcast platform, but, sure. uh, you know, it's going to call me on my crap. And, um, you know, it's just like, uh, all right, you know, you need, you need to fix some stuff. 
And, uh, you know, I kind of went into it initially. I was wanting to write a book and this type of thing, something we talked about. Uh, I yeah. know we were, I think, out in, a, in an airplane hangar or something. We had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, you kind of threw some ideas out there and you kind of had a coach, just like something kind of helped me get to, you know, kind of break past some of these barriers in business. Uh, but come to find out, it was like, you know, there, there are these other areas that are, are really are what's hindering me. And sometimes it's not what we see. And we need that type of a coach that can come in and, and call us on those areas saying, well, your mindset screwed up. It had nothing to do with business. Uh, your business isn't getting, you're not getting where you want in business because of, you know, uh, because you, you don't have the right marketing strategy or the right content strategy or whatever the case may be. The problem is your mindset screwed up and yep. uh, you get, you've got to get that, uh, you've got to get that fixed uh, first. Let's kind of, on, on, hmm? on that, on that point, Josh, I was going to say, you know, looking back at my career of 20 plus years now, uh, if, if, if any entrepreneur said, Hey, what would be one thing you, you would do different? And is really what you're talking about. I think that so many entrepreneurs, uh, myself included, uh, ignore the mindset piece of it. And they, they highly focus on um, production and just producing. Let me produce, produce. And, and, and as I produce, I'm going to get results. And that's what's going to feed me. And, and I even at the beginning of my career thought mindset was a um, funny, uh, motivational, uh, walk across coal type of concept. And, and I didn't want anything to do with it. I was like, I don't need that. I'm already freaking motivated. I'm out here risking everything I have. I am motivated. But uh, mindset and motivation are not the same thing. And the biggest piece that I miss, I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss, is I think as an entrepreneur, you can choose two things. You can choose achievements or you can choose fulfillment. Those are your two choices as an entrepreneur. And I would tell you, Josh, that of all the people that I met, all entrepreneurs that I've met, myself included, 95% of all entrepreneurs end up choosing achievements. And when you choose achievements, it's a, you're going to live a very endlessly drained life because if you live a life of a, achievements as a business owner or as an entrepreneur, you're chasing success. But you're allowing, in the achievement world, you're allowing someone else, the world, if you will, to define what success is. It's this car, it's this house, it's this boat, it's this vacation, it's this uh, a watch, whatever it is. And the only thing that motivates you is I got to get to the next achievement. I got to get the next achievement. And obviously, Josh, you being a CPA of a ton of entrepreneurs and business owners, I guarantee you, because I know them, uh, I guarantee you, you know, entrepreneurs that are highly successful as far as money. And they've reached massive levels of like, oh, my God, this guy's got all this freaking money. But actually, if you talk to them, you actually find out that they're kind of hollow. They're kind of they're still chasing something. They don't know what it is yet, but they're, they're still doing stuff. And I think a lot of it goes to because they're, they're they have allowed themselves to define their success by achieving something that someone else has said this is success. I made a huge mistake in my life by going down that path and wasted a lot of freaking years. A life of an entrepreneur of choosing fulfillment is a mindset process of choosing. I want to be uh, live a life of fulfillment. Uniquely enough, if you can live a life of fulfillment, achievements always will come with fulfillment. But if you live a life of achievements, fulfillment will never go with achievements. Fulfillment is something that I control. Achievements is something that someone else is going to determine what it is and how I get there. And here's this goal I have to hit. Fulfillment is living a life as an entrepreneur is me choosing um, what is going to make me fulfilled as a person. Um, you know, success is just a, uh, in my opinion, success is just a feeling. Success, you feel, success is something you feel, right? Like 
I close this big deal. I feel successful. I, I, I buy this thing and I feel successful. Fulfillment is like a state of being. Learning how to live a life of fulfillment is a daily, almost hourly choice that you have to make as an entrepreneur to not live the life of achievement. And this is where if you can talk about networking a while ago. This is where it all changed for me is when it was no longer about achievements. It was about fulfillments and, or me living a life of fulfillment because they're, they're for everything is controlled by me. How I feel, that's up to me. If I'm successful, well, that's, that's how I feel, not what someone else says is, is me being successful or not. I would say that's one of the biggest things I wish I could go back and, and redo as an entrepreneur is learning the difference of choosing achievements or fulfillments because fulfillment is the actual answer that you're all looking for as an entrepreneur. Interesting. I'm going to kind of take a, a little bit of a, a shift here in direction and talk, and talk about content. So yeah. um, you know, there's so much out there now uh, in this day of, of, I guess, social media seemed to be the, almost the primary way. Uh, and I say social media, this, this would include kind of those things that used to be social media, like YouTube, that type of thing. Sure. Um, but all these different areas where, you know, people really become enamored with almost building their quote unquote personal brand or becoming an influencer mm-hmm. businesses are using it to, um, uh, to kind of get their message out. Um, as a as a business owner, how how do we balance that? How do we know? You know, I need to kind of put together maybe a, a personal brand versus you know the focusing entirely on the business brand, and then okay, once I make that decision, how am I getting that information out there? Um, you, know, you you listen to you know some very you know popular uh, you know people out there like Gary Vee, for example, talks about putting out a ton of content, this type of thing. Uh, and then, uh, and then people go out there and they do it. And it's just like a lot of just garbage. Um, and, uh, and so as a business owner, how do we stay focused on making sure that, you know, should we be developing content? What should that look like? And then, uh, making sure that that message is, uh, the message I want to get out there and weighing that from the whole personal versus business brand, uh, perspective. Yeah, dude, that's a great question. And, and it's a question that I have spent a lot of money <laughs> more than I probably care to admit on. Uh, and there's a lot of tactical stuff I could tell you right now on the content creation side um, that that I want to share because I want to try to help the viewers uh, make money and save money. And <clears throat> from a macro perspective, right, we talk about creating content, creating content, and we got to push content out nonstop. Um, it's really fun and easy to say. And and I've hired, I've been to Gary Vee's office, of course, and I've hired full-time photographers to follow me around and record stuff and shoot stuff. And, and we try to make content and dude, it it has been an absolute freaking nightmare. um, That path. I think that looking back on it now, um, I think there's one piece that Gary doesn't mention. I don't think he's doing it on purpose, but I think to give it to give when he says document, don't create, which is his big thing of how you create content is just document what you do and, and then put that out there. Uh, and there's a lot of truth to it versus creating something on purpose and just shoot the cake in the camera and trying to create content. But there's one piece I think there's a step that's left out right there. And it's what he, I think what he should say for people is document with purpose. And that little step cost me a ton of freaking money, dude, because document is like, you know, it's all document, document, document. Well, Josh, I could take a camera guy to follow you around for 10 hours a day as you work. And in meetings, uh, and I could have 10 hours of footage, but if you want to start now talking about breaking all that down into freaking uh, social media clips and stories and Instagrams and Facebook posts that are all based off of 30 seconds or 60 seconds, 
now you got to have three or four editors to go find that stuff. And dude, it is. An, and we did it. And that's what I'm saying. I spent way too much money. I think the secret to creating content in this world as a business owner is document with purpose. And I'll give you a live example. What I am currently doing right now is documenting with purpose. So when Gary's talking about documenting, if you watch what he's doing there, majority of the stuff that he is documenting is when someone is asking him a question. It's not that he's just randomly walking around 10 hours a day and someone's recording every last step that he does. Although there is some of that because Gary gets asked questions on the street as he walks and stuff. But at the beginning, it was that he was documenting when someone was communicating and asking him questions. And if you go back and watch his Instagram currently now, it's people on Twitter asking him a question. It's someone on a, a, a Zoom call asking him a question. That's his, his content. And so as we sit here, um, I have nine cameras on me, I think. And my camera guy is over here on a switcher board and he has a, give me that thing, dude. As we sit here, I'll show you. As we sit here, Jake, my camera guy is in here. These are all, um, we call these timestamps. These are all timestamps that Jake is sitting there uh, writing down for me. So what's happening now is I am documenting with purpose. I started and opened up my schedule to be on podcasts because it's like, oh, if I have, someone on a podcast asking me questions, I'm going to answer these questions, which is me creating uh, or, or documenting my uh, content. But even past that, it's a matter of documenting it and then noting where every last point is that should be a clip so that I don't have to hire three more video editors to go back and now try to edit and look for something that they weren't there for. They, they weren't in the room. They don't even know what I was talking about. Jake knows everything I'm talking about and he's just marking on where it should be a social media point. I think if business owners would, would document with purpose, they would find way better content and way better um, uh, value given if they document with purpose versus just trying to throw a bunch of stuff out there. That's literally how I do it. I hope that helps a little bit, Josh, but it's how I create my content right now. When you think about purpose, maybe uh, taking one step back, Sure. would be what is the purpose of documenting the purpose? So why are you doing this to begin with? Um, I, I, I kind of back in, you know, when you hear so much, well, you need, everybody needs to have a podcast, you know, this type of thing. Yeah. And uh, kind of on the front end of it. And we know that most podcasts don't even get to the fourth episode. I think it's well in the 90% don't even get to four episodes. <laughs> and um, it, it's kind of crazy, but kind of going through that process. But on the front end, it's like, well, uh, you kind of have to ask the question of, well, why, why are you even uh, putting together the content to begin with? And, uh, um, and then you get to the point of once you have that dialed in, uh, it sounds like it may be easier to be able to when you get into these types of forums uh, to be able to, what is the purpose of the, of the, of documenting uh, this and, and whether, um, and I, when I look into my business, it's, it's really the, the questions I'm getting asked from clients and the issues that I'm seeing dealing with clients is ultimately on my standalone podcast uh, where, where that comes from. So I'm documenting that. So here are some problems that I'm, I'm, I'm receiving Gary V same thing. He hears, you listen to his content. I listen to, I consume a lot of his content highly yeah. interesting and intelligent uh, person. And then um, you listen to it and you're, you're right. It comes from a lot of these questions. Um, and so it seems to be that he, and maybe this is something most business owners should do. What is my target audience? Uh, what do they need to hear? What are the common questions I'm getting asked? What are the common issues that I'm seeing my clients have? And then use that as the basis for our, uh, for our content. Um, yeah, versus, think, about, think, about, 
think about this, Josh, like I'm going to give, I'm going to spin it and give it to you right now. Of like, here, like, here's an idea that I would do if I was you. Cause I'm, I am your customer, right? How many times do I, um, and I'm yours. Say, <laughs> how, yeah. how many, how many times do I shoot you a text and say, Hey, can I, can I call you? Can I call you about something? Right. And when I call you, what am I going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to ask you questions or something that's going on in my, in this world, most likely of let's say taxes or uh, um, investing or whatever it is that, that I'm, I'm going to be asking you, right. That right there would be how, if I was in your shoes, how I would be documenting with purpose, meaning you are on purposely recording this information is about to take place so that you can create real authentic um, um, posts on, on social media that real customers really wanted to ask you, right? That you don't have to go create, okay, let me talk about this now on today's post. I'm going to talk about the three, uh, my three favorite Roth accounts. Dude, like if you, if you thought about it, Josh, like if you could uh, set up a kind of a system like I have here and all these people that ask you questions, more or less put them in a box and say, you know, put them in a block schedule or whatever and say, I'm going to do it from, like I do my podcast from Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 1. I've been on four podcasts today. And just record all, let these people call you uh, and ask their real question, edit out any personal information. But how many sincerely, this may be a, a, a trick question that I may fall into a trap with here. But when I call you, Josh, I'm normally asking you a pretty good question about business, taxes. Like it's pretty, it's a freaking pretty. And if I want to know it, there's got to be other people that want to know that. And if you just simply did it on a Zoom call with me and press record, and then had your guy cut that piece question by question, bro, you would have, you would be documenting with purpose um, all this information that you have. And you'd have unlimited freaking posts because you're like a guy that everybody has to ask their questions to, because I don't know how all that tax stuff, the new bills, and how many times have I called you about the new uh, or text you about the new uh, Congress passing this and, and what's it going to affect dude, put me on a zoom call, make me ask it and, and then make that content yours and go post on your social media is freaking brilliant. Man, I wish I was a CPA because I would do it all the time, Josh. <laughs> well, so to, to the point for the, for the audience listening to this, if you're kind of struggling, um, because I tell you, and, and you know this uh, as well, Andrew, I mean, doing podcasts, uh, content production is a lot, it is hard work. Uh, yeah. I never on the front end of this, never had any idea how much work it actually would be uh, to, yeah. to try to sit down and do this every week. And, uh, and, and try to put this together and it has to be done with purpose. So for those kind of listening in, I think uh, in a kind of real life example using the two of us in regards to uh, practically what that looks like, uh, hopefully that brought, uh, brings some value. I'm going to ask one more question, then I'm going to kind of turn it over as far as sure. you know uh, anything that you'd like to share with the audience in regards to how they can connect with you or how you'd like them to connect with you. So um, if you're looking at a, talking to a business owner, uh, maybe a, a book or two, a podcast or two that you may highly recommend that, uh, that's brought great value to you and has really helped you along the way. Um, there's a bunch of books, man. Um, I, it's hard for me to give one book, but uh, if, if I try to probably put it into one book, probably the one that I've enjoyed the most balancing in my business is Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and great I think book. it's because... I think it's because I naturally like disrupt. I'm a natural disruptor. Like I like going in and looking at how something works and says, okay, well, how do we do it different? How do we do it better than, I don't care that it's working. I'm not asking if it's broken, it's working. I just want to do it better and different. How does break it all apart ourselves and do it. And I think blue ocean strategies, one of those books has always kind of 
I've bounced so many ideas and concepts off of that theory of blue ocean that I have taught it for so many times that I, I really feel like blue ocean is a book that as a serial entrepreneur, um, you should definitely read and, and maybe apply into your life uh, as a serial entrepreneur for sure. There's a bunch of other books out there I can, that I can, I can think of, but that's a really, really good one. Um, you know, as far as a podcast, um, one of my favorite ones, uh, and it all depends on where I'm at in business, honestly, when it comes to podcasts, like, um, for a long time, I was very much in, in what I call like a vision mode, if you will. And I got really deep with Michael Hyatt's podcast. Mm -hmm. And I thought Michael Hyatt, especially out of the gate was doing a tremendous, tremendous podcast. Um, and he still is, I'm not as big as a fan of it because he went to this new three person format that mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of. Um, but I love, I think he, he, he really paved a way for a lot of podcasts that are out there uh, out of, uh, especially the gate. The one that I'm just addicted to right now, um, is Andy Stanley leadership podcast. My goodness, man, that guy is perfected a podcast in 30 minutes, um, interviewing people, uh, that delivers so much, uh, uh, micro with macro. Cause most people go macro and I always want to try to find out how can I go more micro with something. And Andy Stanley's podcast on leadership to me has just been incredible, incredible 30 minutes straight to the point interviewing someone with just constant of uh, massive amounts of talent and then uh, helping the viewers in, in their tactical approach to it. I think any of these podcasts of leadership has been a big, big right now, currently a massive influence on my life. Uh, I appreciate you, Andrew. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, take a few moments to, to share a few thoughts. And I know this will be uh, a tremendous value to, to our listeners. Uh, so where can people connect with you? How would you like them to connect with you? Um, is there, you know, maybe a book that you've written or you want to turn them to a particular podcast, uh, your podcast or someplace that you'd like to, uh, for them to connect? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think, I think, um, honestly, part of my favorite thing right now is just following me on Instagram and, uh, DM me. I spend most of my, uh, late nights in bed, DMing people back, uh, nonstop right now. I'm still in that phase where I don't have enough followers yet that I, that I actually can get to everybody. And I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's, it's starting to grow pretty quick now. And I don't know how long I'm going to stay there, but I would love for you to follow me and DM me. And I sincerely have a, a heart to try to help these entrepreneurs. Cause I lived that lifestyle for so long. And I would love to try to help any entrepreneurs out there as much as I can and give you as much as I can for free, man, honestly. So I would say, just hit me on my personal Instagram. It's just my first last name, Andrew Cordell uh, on Instagram, then shoot me a DM and I'll help you out. And uh, to that point, uh, for, for those of you that are listening, uh, believe you me, you reach out to Andrew. He does get back in touch with you. He's just not saying that. So I appreciate yeah. that, Andrew. And once again, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Thank you for taking a few moments to listen in today. Hopefully this particular podcast brought you value. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing. Have a wonderful day.